Hi there, I'm Kathy Valentin, and this is the Good, the God, and the Ugly podcast, where we're talking about the good, the God, and the ugly moments of life. Life is just full of ups and downs, but there's a treasure to be found in every challenge. Join me as I talk with people that have impacted my life, those who have found a treasure in a challenge, or whom simply I just love and want you to meet. Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining my podcast, The Good, The God, and The Ugly. And today I have the really special privilege of having Melody Sullivan with us. She's going to be um, sharing a little bit about her journey as well as my journey of walking through chronic um, pain and suffering. And it's not talked about in the church much. Totally. Thanks for having me, Kathy. You're so welcome. It's such an honor. I've been in your life. I think people might not know this, but probably I've been on staff at Bethel for seven years, but involved with you you and Chris's life for about five. Yeah. So, um, and now I kind of help with all of the worlds with BSSM too. And that's really fun, but I wanted to, I wanted to hop on today because I heard your podcast that you did with Abby Stumvall, mm. the wonderful Abby, and you guys talked about the waiting. And so just for those of you who are listening, if you haven't listened to that one, you can, you're going to keep listening to this episode, but I recommend going back and catching that one because Kathy and Abby talk about just the waiting process and breakthrough, but you talked about some hard days that you had with your business. And then at the end, you touched about your journey with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And we were just sitting here the other day in the office, kind of talking about what that's been like for you. And I thought it would be so powerful for us to hop on and have a conversation with your audience and your community specifically about this journey. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're talking about today. And I think it's also helpful for people to hear that I've been through a journey with this as well. Not Parkinson's Parkinson's specifically, but with chronic illness for the last three years. You had like an autoimmune disease. Yeah, I had had kind of like a health crisis happen three years ago. And just so it seems like it's so common for people now, nowadays and People aren't talking about it much. They're not. And I think I found myself, when it first happened, it felt like my whole world was falling apart. And I, <laughs> I didn't, know that feeling. You know that feeling. And I didn't really know where in the church to turn. And I think I've just watched you over the last five years navigate this with so much grace um, and faith. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do when you're walking out a journey of waiting for healing. And I think... It's not just healing. It's waiting for any kind of breakthrough. Maybe you're waiting to get married. Maybe there's there's something in your family that you're you're waiting for breakthrough. Financial in. breakthrough. Financial is a breakthrough. Huge one. Totally. Yeah. And you've just done it with so much faith. So I wanted to just honor you for a second and say thank you for being such a beautiful example too oh, to me. You. And I'm excited for people just to hear in this conversation about how you've navigated it because it's been. It's been full of the good, the God, and the ugly, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes, it has. So why don't we jump right in? And you talked about it in the podcast, and then you also talked about in your book, in chapter 14, so near the end of the book, you kind of go into um, just telling a story about accepting your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that in 2015, you were diagnosed with Parkinson's. So I'd love to just kind of talk about When did you notice that something was like off in your body? Um, I can remember, I can remember almost the day specifically. Um, I was going out to feed my horses and I went to reach for something and my hand, my arm didn't move normally. Mm -hmm. It seemed like it was, I don't know how to describe it. It was like it was ratcheting 
like it wasn't moving smoothly. And I thought, gosh, I must have strained my muscles or something. And mm -hmm. I kind of put it out of my head and it never started getting better. It just started getting worse. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I remember telling Chris, something, something's wrong with my arm. I must have strained it. And so I just kind of put it out of the back of my mind, you know, because the muscle strain can sometimes take, you know, a while to get over. And so I wasn't too concerned with it. But then things were starting to happen, like my hand was starting to shake. And I thought, well, could this be muscle strain too? And so I remember going to the doctor and they they did some, you know, just some physical tests on me, mm -hmm. um, muscle tests and just strength tests and trying to see what, you know, it could possibly be. And the doctors kept saying, I think it's just like a benign tremor. Got and it. it's pretty common and mm -hmm. it'll, you know, it may not get worse. It may get a little worse, but it's not really anything you need to worry about. And so I can remember just going for the next two years, just kind of hanging on that. It's a benign tremor. It's nothing and things are going to get better. And then things didn't get better. They started getting a little bit worse, and I was more concerned. And I said, I think I need to go to a specialist. And so yeah. my doctor had suggested that I see a neurologist and went into the office expecting nothing to happen, you know, everything to be perfectly fine. And right. I remember sitting down, and he, he, had me, um, he asked me a bunch of questions about my, you know, how I was feeling. And then he had me do these physical movements. And I thought I was doing great with them, and I sat down, and he looked at me and didn't have the best bedside manner. And he said, you have Parkinson's. Oh. And I, you know, I was there all by myself. Chris was traveling at the time. And, you know, to hear something like that diagnosis, you might, it might kind of go through your mind, like something is wrong, but there hasn't been that diagnosis from the doctor. And that day there was. So, um, it's so painful. And shocking, I'm sure. It was shocking. You know, you think back to the people that you know that have had Parkinson's and what they can do and what they can't do. And, yeah. of course, when you hear a diagnosis like that, you think the world is coming to an end. Yeah. Because it's, you know, happening to you. Totally. So um, I remember calling Chris and telling him what the doctor said. And he was... <laughs> He was beside himself, but he was super supportive, and of course he was gone, and that was that was hard for him because he was out of town. Because he time. was, yeah, he yeah. was out. Of, he was out of town, and that you know, you go through hard news like that. It's you want somebody around to absolutely. Oh. So you know, from then it was a journey of okay, how am I going to walk through this process, and what is that going to look like, and. What can I do? What can't I do? What should I do? Yeah. And yeah. And they, you know, there's no cure for Parkinson's. Did you know that when he gave you the diagnosis? That there was no cure for Parkinson's? Yeah. Yeah. So it felt probably pretty final. It did. Once I was over the shock, though, I went into fight mode. Good. <laughs> yes, Kathy. <laughs> I went into fight mode and I thought... This is not going to happen to me. I haven't lived my whole life for it to, you know, be the end part of my um, prime years mm -hmm. with a disease that's taking away my ability to move. And so I thought, I'm not going to give in to this, and I'm not going to stop doing the things that I've 
been doing, you know, which is fishing and horseback riding and hunting and gardening and all those, you know, fun things. And so a lot of it was a mindset for me, you know, switching the way I thought instead of dwelling on the negative, focus on the positive. Yeah. That's so good. I think that was going to be my question is where did that fight come from? Because I think in that moment you feel so weak. Yeah. So I think that's something that's beautiful that you did that I don't always see people who are in the middle of a crisis. They, they struggle to find that strength sometime. Yeah. And I, um, the next thing I'm going to tell you, I don't know if it was right or wrong. It just, it was what it's what it was. It's what it was. Yeah. But I didn't want to read anything on Parkinson's and I don't know if it was a form of denial Mm -hmm. or I didn't want to fall into a stereotype of this is what a person with this disease looks like. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I didn't read anything mm-hmm. for probably two years. Wow. I didn't read anything. It's a you lot know, of people, self-control, Kathy. <laughs> people, well, people would tell me, you know, certain things, or my dad had Parkinson's or my grandpa had Parkinson's. And it's like, I really don't want to hear that. Like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. It's not helping my faith. Totally. It's not helping my hope. How did you feed your faith and hope? Um, just knowing that God loved me and he wants the best for me, you know, reading, um, staying in the word, keeping, you know, good thoughts. Yeah. The Lord had told me once and I was counseling a girl and the Lord showed me a picture of a 35 millimeter film. And the Lord said, when you take the negative and expose it to the light, it can't be reproduced. Wow. I was into photography at the time, so it made, I mean, it really hit me hard. Yeah. And so I just took all the negative of everything I was going through and exposed it to Jesus and left it at his feet. Wow. So that I wasn't regurgitating it over and over and over in my mind. Oh, that is so powerful. That's a takeaway right there. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you are going through something like chronic illness, you want to I think part of it is you want to understand because it kind of feels like you can control it a little bit because so much feels unknown. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going to happen to me? My whole world. It feels so scary. And I think for me, sometimes there were moments where reading about it would help me feel stable because I I, I felt in control. Mm-hmm. But I think what I love about what you did is you found your stability in the word of God mm-hmm. and that's produced fruit in your life. That's produced the faith and the hope that I want to have in my life. Yeah. But you know, everybody's different. Totally. So you have to do what's right for you. Yeah. You can't do what's, you know, what what's worked for me. Well, except for it's God. So that would work yeah, for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're big fans of him. <laughs> but you know, there may be people that don't believe. Yeah. Um, so what works for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for another person. There's no formula for crisis. There's not, Mm-mm. unfortunately. No. And we're all just doing our best. I have to we remind are. myself of that just to be kind to myself in the process and know that we're just doing our best. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that has helped me is just being able to um, obey what my body is telling me. Tell us more about that. Well, I've been such a go-getter, you know, and it's like yes. nothing's going to stop me. And Superwoman. Just, just 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> that must be a Valentin trait that I inherited yeah. when I said I do. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, unstoppable. I know. So for me, you know, it was just not not stopping and for so many years. And then now all of a sudden I have Parkinson's and I'll get tired, you know, sometimes, especially there was a period where I was trying to figure things out like chemically and hmm. and health and um nutrition wise and just trying this exercise, trying that and yeah. seeing what really helped. And I got myself to where I become way more stable now than I have been. But if I get tired, I don't get down on myself now. I just take a nap. Beautiful. And Chris has been super, super helpful with this because he'll say, sometimes I could you know, just be up for four hours out of bed and I'll be tired. And he'll say, just your body's telling you you just need to lay down for a little bit and I'll lay down and get up half hour later and I'm perfectly fine. Mm. Or if, you know, I just, being kind to myself, being yes. nice to myself yeah. instead of being frustrated with myself. It's very good. Because being frustrated with yourself is almost like a self-hate. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help anything. It doesn't help your health probably either. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it difficult to accept the limitations that came with Parkinson's? Uh, it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was frustrating. Tell us more about that. Well, with you know Parkinson's, most people would equate that to um, the shaking because that's the obvious, you know, part. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's the thing that's weird about Parkinson's is it doesn't matter if you're excited in a good way or a bad way, it still manifests the same, at least in my body it does. Yeah, yeah. So I can be at church and be worshiping the Lord and be excited about that, and then all of a sudden I'll start shaking like crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's, dang, you know, I don't want to do that. Hmm. So it's learning to be okay with whatever your body is doing, you know, and sometimes I'll just sit just to kind of control that anxiety, Mm -hmm. whether it be good or bad Mm -hmm. anxiety, so that I'm not physically manifesting. Yeah. Which I feel like. People probably don't care, but they it feels like don't. it feels like you're bringing. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Attention. Attention. Thank you. Yeah. Attention to yourself, and I just don't ever want to make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes when I speak, I'll just make a joke. You know, like yes. <laughs> you do. It's brilliant. <laughs> I'll just make a joke about it, put people at ease, and myself yes. at ease, and yes, it's like if I shake, I shake. You know, we're we're a ear your mic instead of a instead of a handheld holding mic. a handheld mic and yeah. you know, just making some a few adjustments here and there. Totally. But it's like I am who I am. You're still Kathy Valentine. I'm still me. Yes. And you know, everybody has things that they're going through. Mm-hmm. Mine just happens to be a little bit more physical. Yeah. And a little bit more visible. A little bit more visible. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you some questions about what it was like to, you just mentioned like the way that you make jokes and things to make other people feel more comfortable, Mm -hmm. but what was it like to bring community and people in on your diagnosis in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Um, Did that feel vulnerable for you? 
It did. Mm. It was like having an open wound, rubbing stuff across it. Yeah, it hurt. I just, I don't like bringing attention to myself, and that kind of felt like bringing attention to myself. But it, once I accepted it and was living it, then I felt like I need to now expose it to the public. Yeah. Um, I felt it would be maybe helpful to somebody else. Yes. Knowing that, you know, I was walking through this. And mm-hmm. and people talk, too. You know, if they don't know you really well, but they see you on, you know, TV or a, a video or whatever, there's all those questions that go through their mind. You know, what, is something wrong with her? Yeah. Um. So... And people care so much about you, too. Mm. People love you so much, Kathy. Kathy, you're like a hero in our environment. (laughs) It's true. So I think sometimes that questioning isn't out of judgment. It's just out of care for you and and wanting to know that you're okay. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is I didn't want people to be clingy or change the way they related to me. Yes. even now I have a hard time with that. People want to you know, help me down the steps or something. It's like, I can totally get down the steps fine myself. 100%. <laughs> you don't need to help me. If I need help, I'll ask for you help. You hunt, you fish, you ride horses, you do all the things. You can get down the stairs by yourself. Like, yes. If I need help, I'll ask you for help. But people are just, they're just they being gracious. You. Yeah, totally. What's it been like to walk through something like this in a church that, I love our church. We're here at Bethel Church. Mm-hmm. And... um we have incredible core values and some of them are that God is good. Mm-hmm. And um, another one is that nothing is impossible with Jesus. Right. And we go after healing here. That's something that is a part of our culture. It's a part of our normal. Generally when someone hears you're sick, one of the first things that they want to do is pray for you. And I love that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a faith filled environment. I think sometimes where I feel just in my own journey that that's been um, confrontive, I would say, is it feels like we don't always talk about the journey and the suffering um, while you're waiting for a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced that yourself in our community? Um, I have. Yeah. What does that look like? People do want to, you know, they they come up all the time and they want to pray for you and they want to tell you about their experience with somebody that they know. And that, that's been, I think, the hardest thing for me is they try to equate me to somebody that they know. And it's like, I really don't want to know about that. I welcome the prayer, mm-hmm. of course. And, you know, God, God is good. And mm-hmm. I... I don't know why I'm suffering with this, but I know there's people that suffer with way bigger things than what I'm going through. But God loves us. He's, you know, He wants the best for us. There's been lots of things that, you know, you learn when you walk through a path of of suffering or a path of diagnosis of a disease or whatever. You know, you learn a lot about people. You learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. You learn a lot about God. Yeah. There's a lot of unveiling. What did you learn about yourself? That I need to be kinder to myself. (laughs) 
I think, and not push myself so much, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's okay to have needs. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good thing to know about yourself, mm-hmm. especially when you're a superwoman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, you know, it's a little, it's a little tricky because you know, I'm right now I'm 63. And so you always hear, you know, as people age that their body hurts or this happens or that happens. So, it's not like I got this when I was 40 and could say, oh, it's just Parkinson's. So sometimes I have a tr- trouble thinking or figuring out, okay, is this Parkinson's or is this just older age? Yeah. Is, you know, is this, what is this? Is this normal? Yeah. Is this not normal? So. Well, you said you also learned a lot about other people and suffering. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about other people through your journey? Just to reach out to people more, you yeah. know, it's it's one thing, it's one thing to stand on the sidelines. It's another thing to be in the trenches with somebody. Yeah, and unless you've actually been through something, it's kind of hard to understand. Yeah, it is really hard, and I think, um, I think it's helpful for people to reach out even when they don't know what to say. Yeah, and even when they don't fully understand it. And even when they want to fix it and they cannot, as someone who's walking this journey, just having someone reach out to, hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, I'm praying for you today. Hey, how are you doing? I don't, I, I'm going to sit with you in this. And how is your heart doing in this process? And I think at the, at the onset of a diagnosis, there's so much support. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of becomes your normal <laughs> and not a normal you want to accept in the long term, but I think you come to a place, or at least I did, where life, I'm still going to show up for life. Like yeah, I, may exactly. not, I may not be able to control this, but tried to, cannot, yeah. <laughs> accepted my weakness, and then I'm still going to live life, and it might look a little bit different. And one of, the, one of the struggles with that is people just, oh, well, you don't look sick. Oh, well, you seem totally fine. And I think not everyone sees the days and we kind of talked about this Mm -hmm. a little bit yesterday where you wake up and you're in so much pain that it, it, if it hurts even just to stand up out of bed and yeah, completely. And, um, it feels vulnerable for me to be talking about it right now. (laughs) Uncomfortable, but it's good. I'm in a safe place with Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, um, for people to know that your friends who are struggling with something like this, they may not always know how to bring you in. Mm-hmm. Like I don't always know how to bring people in. So when somebody reaches out and they actually say, Hey, how are you doing? It just means the world. It means so much. Yeah. I've just gained so much more respect for my husband. Mm-hmm. He's been so incredible at reaching out to people in their yes. time of need and making sure they're covered and, mm-hmm. and, know that they're loved and you just think since he's had two nervous breakdowns yeah he had experienced you know people reaching out to him mm-hmm. and it was life-changing for him it was sometimes his salvation for the day yes just knowing that there was somebody out there that was you know praying for him or thinking about him or mm. yeah it's so true and mm-hmm. And I've experienced him that way too. It's how are you doing today? How are you feeling? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. At first it was like, oh, oh, you actually care? Like you want to know? Of course you do. But that just even that one question just goes so far. 
So I think just for people who are listening, who maybe don't fully understand. And like you said, it's hard to understand when you're not walking through it yourself, but reach out to that person who you're thinking about right now. And I think also you mentioned this, just little acts of kindness. You have no idea what somebody else may be walking through. They seem totally fine or they seem like a Kathy Valentin superwoman, but just you you taking the time to ask how they're doing might actually be that moment like Chris had where oh, totally. it's your whole day around and you yeah. feel so seen. I was just going to say you, f- you felt known and seen yes. and understood and heard. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't take much. No. I mean, it, just a little text message. I yeah. mean, it could be a heart. Literally, yeah. <laughs> it's a little heart. Thinking of you, here's a little heart. Yeah. It goes so long because you feel... In, in the journey of suffering, it's easy to feel really alone mm-hmm. and like no one gets it. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, you're afraid to even say things because you feel like you're complaining all the time. Mm-hmm. But the, I think that's one of the big things I feel like. Um, people can't hear what's in your head, but you can, your thoughts mm-hmm. that are going on inside. So Crystal sometimes tell me, well, why didn't you tell me you're not feeling good today? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not going to make a difference if you know. And he said, it does. It does make a difference mm-hmm. if you, you need to tell me. And I can remember telling him, I feel like I'm complaining all the time. Yeah. But I think so much of that is in my head and in my mind. and Totally. Not realizing that people aren't hearing that, what's in my going on in my brain. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? What do you feel like is different in your head than saying it out loud? Focusing on the negative instead of the positive. Yeah. So when you say it out loud, what would that say about you if you were complaining? That I'm a complainer. (laughs) No one wants to be a complainer. I know. But it's actually an invitation for others to be there for you, right? Yeah. And there's there's times, you know, to call on people. Mm -hmm. There's definitely times to call on people. Mm But I don't know for me that I just... I'm not a complainer. (laughs) One of the most positive people I know. It's pretty inspiring. It's not fake positivity. It's actually hope. Like you, you walk in, you walk in joy. Like you, every time I see you, you have a smile on your face and you, when you walk in a room, like you can shift the atmosphere. And if, if you weren't shaking, I would never know. Mm. I would never know. And it's so authentic. And I think there's a line between, fake positivity where you're just pretending like everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And then genuine joy that comes through yeah. out of the process of surrendering your pain to the Lord yeah. and him making beauty out of ashes. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that I've had a lot of is hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it says the Bible says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Mm-hmm. But I've hung on to hope knowing that, I don't feel like I'm going to be this way forever. Mm-hmm. And I can see, you know, there's there's long stretches where I can see this has gotten way better than it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. There's things that have turned a little bit that are in you know, my shaking is a little bit more prominent. Mm-hmm. But there's things that I can do now that I couldn't do very well before. Do you think that has to do with the fight that you have in you? I think so. And I think it's, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. The not giving up, you know, when when a person finally gives up, 
it's like they just throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about those mice, that story of the mice or Tell the us. rats? Tell us. I'm not very good at <laughs> remembering <laughs> details of everything, but there was a rat that they'd put um, in a like a bucket of water, and the rat, I think, swam for not very long mm-hmm. before he started to go under. And then they took, um, somebody took the rat out and dried him off and rested him. And not very much longer, the rat was put back in the water to do the same thing. And he went hours and hours and hours and hours swimming without drowning. Mm-hmm. And the reason was because the rat, they said the rat had hope. That someone would come pick him up. Somebody would come and pick him up. Wow. And take him out. Wow. You know, what was 15 minutes and almost drowning turned into hours of being incredible. able to go because the rat knew that somebody was going to come and pick him up and save him. So powerful. So, you know, that's what I just focus on is that hope mm-hmm. of I'm going to do everything that I can do. God's doing what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And we're co-laboring together. Yeah. And, yeah. I have a, a difficult question to ask, but I think for our audience and even just for myself, I think – I want to hear your answer to this. (laughs) Have there been days where you've struggled to believe that God could heal you? Hmm. Wow. Not that he could heal me, Hmm. but would he? Mm -hmm. Because we know God can do everything and anything he wants. Mm-hmm. I've often thought if I don't get healed, am I okay with continuing the rest of my life with what I have now, the way I am now? And sometimes that's been difficult. Mm-hmm. Um Especially when things are like taken away, like, um, do you want me to talk about Dreamer? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't start riding horses until later in life, and it's just been the love of my life riding my horses. And with Parkinson's, it affects your muscles and it affects your mind too, like, Sometimes I'll have to tell myself to move Hmm. or you get what's called frozen Mm -hmm. where you just kind of freeze and you can't, and you have to reset your body again. Yeah. And it was starting to affect my, my riding, mostly my dismounts getting off of my horse. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to have somebody beside me to help me, you know, lift my leg over. And I just, it was really hard because I thought, here is that part of my life over with mm-hmm. you know do i need to give my horse to my daughter so that and just you know go on with life and i thought i'm not ready to do this yet mm-hmm. and so i've been working on some things with um exercise and a stationary bike where my muscles are being moved around more and and diet and just 
massage chair. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that has been, I know that's been a lifesaver. It really has. I'm in Incredible. it. I'm in it for probably a half hour in the morning and 45 minutes at night. And it's brilliant. It's really helped. But it was really cool because um, my granddaughter, Riley, she came over a couple days ago and we were, we were riding and just on our property and Dreamer was doing, he was doing great. And I just wanted to stop him at a, a good moment. And Riley was over in the corral and I just stood up, swung my leg over. And I'm like, I'm yelling at Riley, Riley, look at me, look at me. And <laughs> she's watching me. And my leg just came right over the back of him and I was able to jump down. And I thought, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. The fact that my legs are responding. My brain was responding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just instills hope in you. Yeah. Just the small little things that can so easily be passed over or taken for granted mm-hmm. um, just was just made my whole day. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it it was so powerful to hear about that yesterday. And I think for me, it almost felt prophetic of something that's happening right now that the Lord is releasing on the earth. And that's why we sat down so quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> today um, to to kind of get your story out. Because if you if you haven't walked a journey like this, it would it would be, oh, you just swung your leg over a horse. But when you know that since 2015 you've been fighting this battle and you've been fighting, you didn't give up. Yeah. And here you have a moment of breakthrough. And it could be something that you could just totally just, you know, move on and go on with your life. But you paused and you celebrated it. Yeah. And it's like a breath of fresh air when you've been swimming. Like, you know, you talked about the rat of like he knew someone was coming to get him. And so he yeah. could go longer. And this felt like a moment yeah. like that. For and you. sometimes things get piled up, you know, one on top of another, like, um, we have a big German shepherd, Sam, Yeah, and I would throw balls to him all the time and, and hit, it with, hit him with a bat so he'd mm-hmm. run and get it. And I ended up developing tendonitis in my left arm, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even hardly use it. I couldn't hardly pick up my saddle. I couldn't. I'd have such bad pains, mm-hmm. and, and I battled that for a year. Wow. And then on top of that, something happened to my right foot and my ankle mm-hmm. so for three and a half months i've been battling limping because it's been so bad yeah and then you couple that with a parkinson's it's like god is it going to be one more thing and i'm and i would have to catch myself saying no this too shall pass yeah this too shall pass yes. and which is really awesome because my arm i mean from right usually from riding one just picking up my saddles mm-hmm. my arm will be like messed up for a weeks and it's not messed up now and my leg Praise Finally, God. just instantly stopped hurting. Praise God! And I was able to get off my horse, and so I'm like, Jesus, thank you. You know, there's victories in the middle of of um, hardship. Yes, we need to be thankful for each small victory. So powerful, Kathy, and oh. celebrate it. And you know, just Chris has been so good at that. Just mm-hmm. celebrating with me, just little steps, but has been huge steps they feed your faith Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's so good oh so beautiful there's so much wisdom just pouring out of you right now um i have a couple more questions before we wrap the first would be 
for someone who's who maybe doesn't have a Kathy Valentin sitting across from them right now, but they're they're struggling and they're suffering through something and, and believing with everything they possibly have in them for God to heal them, but they feel so alone in the waiting. What would you say to that person today? I would say find a friend, find somebody, and reach out you know, to them. We can't always expect people to be reaching out to us. We have to yes. take the initiative to reach out to others. To, mm-hmm. and Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes people are really private, mm-hmm. and they don't want to open up and reach out. But there's, there's so many people that want to help, mm-hmm. that truly want to help. Mm-hmm. So just being vulnerable and opening up. It's so good. And that's, you know, part of why I'm sharing my journey now. Yes, because it, it's empowering for others to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say to that person about maybe the questions they have for the Lord? I think when you walk through a journey like this, it's easy to want specific answers to your questions, like, why have I not been healed? Or... I think another one I've struggled with is what is the role of faith in healing? And I think that lesson of kindness is so important in that because it can easily become, oh, I don't have enough faith and performance comes in and it's just not, it's not a good place to be. So I put, I put those questions in what I call my mystery box. (laughs) Um, It doesn't always, as humans, we want to know the why because it gives us purpose for our suffering, but some of yeah. those questions aren't always helpful. And what would you say to that? I don't ever go after the why mm. because I feel like that's a trap from the enemy. That's good, Kathy. And I won't open that door to him. Say more about that. Why would that be a trap? Because then my attention is all focused on myself. Mm. And it's then it, it's easy, you know, that the line you take it off you take it out of focus a little bit just a few degrees and over a period of time you're way off your path and Mm. the enemy just tries to distract us with you know you thought you said god is good and why is he letting you suffer and why is this happening to me what did i do wrong it just becomes so internally focused that um it's it's not good it's not healthy doesn't it doesn't lead to to fruitful no it doesn't Mm -hmm. no and it doesn't have anything to do with how much faith I have. And God said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed, which is hardly anything. So it's not like I don't have enough faith or I'm not producing enough faith or I'm not doing the things that I should be doing to get healed. It's not about me. It's about God. Yeah. And he's the author of our faith. He is. Yeah. He is. So there's not a whole lot we can muster up by ourselves. No. Mm-hmm. No. That's very good. Oh, so powerful. And then what would you say if you could just speak to the church about how to treat people with kindness who are walking a journey like this? Like what would you want what would you want people to know just about what you would have needed in in this season? Um just knowing that people are praying for me and loving me and not trying to avoid me or or you know like the other people that weren't the good Samaritan that walked around the person that was in need um, because they didn't know what to say. It's like just knowing that somebody cares is all I need. So good. 
It's brilliant. Not looking for somebody to fix it. No. They can't. (laughs) (laughs) It takes off some of the pressure off of our friends, doesn't it? It does. I know. Sometimes we, you know, even writing something to somebody is like, what do I say? Mm -hmm. What words do I use? I don't want to offend somebody. And then before you know it, you don't do anything because you just don't know what to say. Just say, I love you. Mm -hmm. Or I'm thinking about you. Or do you need anything? Yes. Brilliant. It's so good. I would love, Kathy, as we wrap today, if you would actually pray over our audience, because I think there is authority that you gain from walking through something that's different from like an impartation or a gift that's given. Um, Chris kind of teaches a little bit about, you know, your journey is how a lot of times the Lord produces authority in you for breakthrough. And, um, I just think even with what happened with Dreamer just the other day and being able to swing your leg right off and just jump off like the old days, I think that refreshment that the Lord is pouring over you is something he wants to give to people Mm -hmm. that are listening. Um, So this isn't normally how you end your podcast, (laughs) but would you pray for us and just release a blessing and anything that um, you feel is on your heart to release over your community that's listening today? So, Father, I'm so thankful that you're in the midst of our every situation and our every circumstance. Lord, I pray for people that are in um, going through a a rough time right now, that you would be in the midst of everything that they do, Father, that they would feel the weight of your presence all around them. Lord, I just close out the thoughts of the enemy that would try to bring discouragement and despair and Father, let each of us focus on you and your promises. Let us focus on the goodness of God. Lord, I just pray that you would um, bring and instill hope in people where they've lost, they feel like they've lost hope, knowing that you have their best interest in mind. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your encouragement. Father, I thank you that you've chosen each one of us, that you've called us by name. Lord, just complete everything that you've started in us. We want to be your hands extended. Mm, We want to be your hands extended. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for the victories. I thank you for the large victories, and I thank you for even more the small victories. Lord, open our eyes to see <clears throat> to see the things that you're bringing before us, the things that are so easily passed over. Let us see. Open our eyes, God. Open our eyes to see what you're doing in each one of us. And Father, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom, your wisdom, Lord, to know what to do in each situation and each circumstance because they're all so different. Father, thank you for opportunities to be able to minister to other people as they've ministered to us. Amen. Amen. So good. Thank you, Kathy. Melody, thank you so much for joining me today. It was such a blessing to get to chat with you, and I know this is going to help a lot of people. I'm excited for the stories that are going to come as people listen in. Mm, Yeah, me too. Such a gift. Thank you. Thank you.